If you're able to stand, I want to invite you to stand at the reading of God's word. Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. I want you to pay attention to the two places that every single person will ultimately end up in. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. The Holy Spirit says to the Apostle John, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it, from his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books, according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then. Death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Beloved, this is the word of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. The title of the sermon is, Are You In or Out? Are You In or Out? Maybe you've been asked that kind of question before. Uh, I can tell you, in, in my experience, the character of the person asking, Are You In or Out? It makes us a huge difference in how you should answer their question. So, if it's a mean kid, the answer is out. I'm out. I don't want to do what you want me to do. And the same goes for slick salesmen as well. You may be like me. And you you actually have a memory of regretting how you answered that question at some time in your life. Or, Or maybe as you look back on that kind of moment of decision that you've been given before, you can look back and be thankful for saying that you were in. Verse 15 is like God himself asking you and asking me, are you in or out? Verse 15, if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, 
he was thrown into the lake of fire. Now, to this point in the book of Revelation, uh, we, we have just been watching how the devil has been thrown into that lake of fire. Uh, We've seen all of his agents one by one being thrown into that lake of fire and judgments. And and, and now it's time to deal with the rest. Now it's time to deal with humans. And what Revelation 20 is just so clear about. Is that everyone will be in. The lake of fire or hell. Unless. They are in. The book of life. Let me put it to you this way. You can't get out of hell. Unless you're in heaven's book. That's the sermon in a sentence. You can't get out of God's hell. Unless. You're in heaven's book. And, and this matters for you, you, every single one of you. Listen, you can't get out of God's hell unless you are in heaven's book. Let me give you a preview of how this passage lays out and therefore how this sermon is going to proceed. Um, we're we're going to learn three things, the who, the how. And then we're going to come back to the who again. All of judgment. The who, the how, and then who again. Uh, Point number one comes in verse 11. Here we see the person who sends to hell. The person who sends to hell. What, What a scene in verse 11. We've come to the great white throne. To God's judgment seat. Have you ever taken a moment just to imagine what this is going to be like? I've actually had help imagining uh, because I've seen a great white throne before. If you've been to Washington, D.C., the chances are you might have as well. The Lincoln Memorial. This massive statue of one of history's most powerful men sitting on a great white throne. Behind him, words engraved thanking him for Saving this country. And promises that the statue of him will stand forever. It is magnificent. And it's not technically true. Because what we've just read is that the earth. And everything that man has made will In verse 11, one day, run away from him who was seated on the real throne. All our great monuments and memorials, 
will be gone. God's judgment throne is white. Because the person who sends to hell is holy. He is absolutely pure. Listen. The person who sends to hell has never done wrong. He can do no wrong. God's judgment throne is great. Because the person who sends to hell has great capacity. He has the ability to bring justice to everyone. Who has ever lived? God's judgment throne is great, white, and let me state the obvious. It's a it's a throne. It's a throne. Because the person who sends to hell. Has the authority to do it. He has the authority to. To judge because, listen, he is the king. He is king because he's the creator. He made everything. He owns everything. The person who sends to hell. Is going to make a new earth and a new sky because Earth and sky were part of this world that was ruined by sin. And all of this has to go. And therefore, when when this moment happens, earth and sky are going to flee. Because what we'll see in the next chapter, he's going to make a new one. But Abraham Lincoln. And what we'll see in verses 12 and 13 is all the great ones. And all the small ones will be raised to give an account to the person who sends to hell. You're going to face a person. And I'm going to face a person. And his power and his purity are beyond anything we have encountered in this life. And his judgment will be perfect. Are you in? Are you in his good graces? We've seen the who. Now let's look at the how of judgment. In verses 12 and 13, we we get the principles that warrant hell. The principles that Warrant hell. One of the most sung lyrics of one of the most loved songwriters, uh, it goes like this. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us. Above us only sky. Imagine. All the people. Living for today. The problem is. John Lennon. 
really was only imagining. But as he said, he's not the only one. Many motivate themselves to live for today because they believe there's no forever. Many comfort themselves that how they live today won't matter forever. But God says that there's a day coming when in Revelation 19, Jesus is going to kill all who did not live for him. But then after that, he's not done. The dead, verse 12, will then have to stand before the throne. Verse 13, all the dead from the sea. That means all the Titanic dead, all the Titan sub dead. Every other body that is laying at the bottom of a body of water, it's going to be raised. And death and Hades, also they're going to give up every body that is buried in Graham and everywhere else. They're all going to be raised. And they will all stand before the throne and Everyone is going to find out if they're in or they're out. You could say John Lennon got this one thing right. Live for today in this sense. What you do today matters. Your life is just a record of your day-to-day choices. And it matters. There was one morning where an officer knocked on uh, my front door. Uh, Apparently the night before, uh, a neighbor was robbed. And the officer asked if my ring camera had picked up anything around 11 o'clock the night before. We looked and uh, our camera, like it sometimes does, It was offline. This is quite a world we live in now. uh, Where crimes are caught on ring cameras. It's harder to get away with things in this world. Well, beloved, the person who sends to hell is not going to depend on any of our technology. He's not going to call on this on this day that we're all going to experience. He's not going to call any witnesses. He's not going to ask you to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. He doesn't need to. The principles that warrant hell are books. It says in verses 12 and 13. And the thing about these books is they're never offline. These books are the written down observations of an omniscient and omnipresent judge. These books are the 
perfect memory of an all-knowing and everywhere God. And the dead, we're told both in verse 12 and verse 13, are going to be judged according to what is in those books. And that is, we will be judged according to what we did. There's already, to this point, a lot that's in your chapter of those books. He's got plenty to go off of. The books have every thought you have thought and I have thought. Every careless word. Every shouted curse. Every clever lie. Every hateful name. Every proud exaggeration. Are in the books. The books have every choice you've made. Every choice I've made. Every bullying touch. Every behind the back eye roll. Every theft. Everything we have gotten away with here. These books have all of that. And they also have every reason and every motive for every good thing we did. And in the books, the truth is told whether we did anything purely for God versus what we did ultimately for ourselves. I want you to know verses 12 and 13 um, there's something missing there, at least from the way that so many have imagined this going. There's no officer there asking politely, did you know you were doing 45 in a school zone? No officer, I didn't. Okay, here's a warning. There's none of that. Warnings are over there. And ignorance is no defense there. It doesn't matter whether you knew what God's law was or not there. You will just be held to it. There's also no sign of a scale anywhere in sight in God's courtroom. God is not weighing out. And rewarding those who have more good than bad. Whether you will admit it or not. I've, I've sat in the office with too many people. Who ultimately think that's what he's going to do. Because they just start listing the good things they've done. Knowing they've not been perfect. There's no sign of a scale. And there's no mention of. The person who sends to hell. Ranking people either. And, and then just taking. The better half. Of all of humanity and, and taking them out of hell and putting them in heaven. There's no mention of that. So, friends, maybe today is a good day to stop comparing yourself to others. Maybe today is a good day to stop comforting yourself with whatever good things you have done. 
Because it won't matter at all on that day. Verse 15 is absolutely explicit. No one is getting out of God's hell unless they're in heaven's book. Another way to put it is the only way out is in. The only way out is in. In verses 14 and 15, we see the people who go to hell. Point number three, the people who go to hell. But before we talk about people, I want you to just remember the place of hell. The lake of fire. It's been mentioned before in Revelation. It was mentioned right before our passage in verse 10. It's a place of torment. Day and night. Forever and ever. Friends, listen to me. This is what God's word says. God's hell is a place of eternal. Conscious torment. Eternal. Conscious, like all are going to be aware and feeling the torment of the lake of fire. When they're raised out of the sea and death in Hades, they are also given bodies that can last forever so that they can endure forever. Torment. This is what God's word says about God's hell. Well, who are the people who are going to be in there? Verse 14. And I hope you see this as amazing grace. Verse 14. Death and Hades. Will be in hell. Beloved. I want you to see how good. The person who sends to hell is. He's going to burn up death forever. He is going to make it. So that there is no longer any need for Hades. There will no longer be any need for this holding cell. Where people wait for condemnation. Because there will be no reason to condemn anymore. And yet death and Hades are not the only people who go to hell. Look again in verse 14. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. There is a really common misunderstanding of God that I want to address now. It's so common that again, it, 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 it operates beneath the surface of kind of what you consciously may say about God. But there is this assumption that so many have that it is God's job to forgive. 
Friends, it is not the job of any judge to forgive. A judge has a job. And the judge's job is to uphold the law. And to punish everyone who breaks the law. Hell is not for the worst people. Hell is for any person who did any one thing that God did not want them to do. Any one thing that does not perfectly line up with His will, what He wants, and anything that does not perfectly line up with His character, any one thing, that's the people who go to hell. If we don't perfectly match up, not that we compare better to other people we know, it's whether we compare to the one who's sitting on a throne that's white. It is in His image that you were made. You were made. And I was made to be a reflection of God. Forgiveness is not the job of God. It's not. But naming is the job of God. Naming is God's job. I want you to follow me here. Naming is what authors do. In the book of Genesis, God, on page one, named. He named the sun and he named the night because he's the author. He has authority. It's his job to do it. And then after sin came into the world, he had no responsibility to forgive anyone. But he named some. In the book of Leviticus, God writes names on the shoulders of his high priest. Twelve names. And on the breastplate of the high priest. On his shoulders and above his heart. The high priest on the day of atonement would take names. Twelve tribes of Israel into God's presence with the blood of the Lamb. Did you know that Genesis is actually not the first book that God wrote? Verse 15 refers to the first book that God wrote. It's the book of life. And, and the full title of this book is, is mentioned earlier in the book of Revelation, chapter 13. It is not just the book of life, it is the Lamb's book of life. And we're told there that God wrote this book before the foundation of the world. If anyone's name is not found written in that book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. 
Beloved, I'm here to tell you, God is God. That may sound obvious, but I don't think it is. God is God. There are, I mean, there's, we have a reputation in this church for a certain view of God. You may have heard it. You may think something of it. I'm not here to tell you to be a kind of Christian who's in this kind of God, into this kind of God. What I want to lay out for you is the God of the Bible. And the Bible is clear, beloved. The question is, will you and I choose to keep doing the very first thing sinners ever did? Was question what God said. Will you and I respond to this kind of truth the way that is just so boring and typical? Of sinners who just try to evaluate God and judge whether we're going to believe in that kind of God or another kind of God. I wonder this morning, have you allowed God to be God? Not only all knowing God, but all choosing God. All in charge. I mean, God. That's what a God is, right? Totally in charge. Well, let me tell you, whatever you do today is one thing, but there's a day coming when allowing him to do anything will have nothing to do with it. The question is, will you deal with the God of the Bible? Or will you go on with the God of your imagination? God. Names. God wrote the names in heaven's book before the people attached to those names did anything good or bad. God. God wrote a world into being that would fall into sin. And people who would send their way to hell. He also wrote of a lamb. And his son knew who he was writing about. What is it that Jesus prayed? You can read it for yourself in John 17. You can read it in John 17. That Passover night, Jesus, right before he laid down his life as a lamb. You read it later. John 17. I'll tell you what he said. Father, you gave me authority to give eternal life to all you gave me. That's the names that he wrote down. And he says very clearly, I consecrate myself. That's the language of a lamb. I set myself apart as a sacrifice for them, the names. And I desire that they, the names, may be with me and you in heaven in glory. Beloved, the good news of the gospel is that the Lamb came for names. 
the Lamb died for the deeds of the names. He knew these names would die for their deeds if he did not come and die. And so the Son of God took flesh and blood to be able to do something about it. And God accepted the Lamb's blood for these names. And he raised the Lamb from the dead because Jesus promised to us, we heard it earlier in John 6, I came from heaven that I should lose nothing of all the names that God had given to me. And I will raise them up on the last day, not to be judged, but to be saved. Friends, are you in or are you out? Now, some have come here believing a lie. The whole world tells you it. Your mama tells you it, maybe. Your professors tell you it, maybe. Social media tells you this, maybe. The lie is you need to just forgive yourself. The lie is that you just need to accept you for you and everyone else needs to accept you for you. And that lie has tempted you to think that maybe God is going to be like that, that he's going to accept you for you. He will not. God's lamb is the only one who can get anyone out of God's hell. Question is, are you in or out of this book of heaven? I don't know. But I believe the lamb. And the lamb said. Everyone who comes to me. I will never cast out. This first death. Is coming to all of us. We're going to physically die. The second death is the death where all all of God's mercy is totally gone. When the lake of fire comes. And what that means is before your first death is your only chance to come to the Lamb. This is it. Are you in or are you out? This is it. And I want to encourage you. Don't look at your deeds. Don't think God's going to look at your deeds and let you in. He will not do it. Everyone's deeds sends them to hell. It is only those who are in the heaven's book who go to heaven. The way you know is if you come to Jesus and throw everything upon the lamb and trust in his life. And trust in his death. And understand that only he can get me out of hell. And I want to encourage every single one of you. Now that you have a chance to do it. Turn from yourself. And live for the lamb. And I would love to talk to anyone who wants to talk about that. Find me after the service. You're also sitting around lots of people who know about the lamb. And can help you know about the lamb. But this is the day that you have the opportunity, and that's it. Revelation says elsewhere what will become true of you if you come to the Lamb. Revelation is really clear. It gives these descriptions of 
what what a person's life is like that 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 whose name is is written in the Lamb's book of life. Uh, it says things like we conquer sin. It says that we turn away from sin. It says that we resist the world's ways of thinking and living. Your life will change if you come to the Lamb. In Redeemer Church, my my prayer is that you are experiencing those evidences and assurances more and more as you go on with the Lamb. But I I want to also encourage you, do not make the mistake of finding an assurance in how you are doing. Don't find assurance that your name is in the book just because of how you perceive you are doing. Just think about it. Where are our deeds written down? They're in the books of hell. So it'd be foolish for you to focus on your deeds and thinking that that proves that you're in heaven's book. Now, when you wonder, am I in or am I out? Preach to yourself. It's the Lamb's book of life. It's the Lamb's book of life. The Lamb. A substitute, the lamb, a sacrifice. It's the lamb in our place. It's the lamb whose record was lived for my record. It's the lamb's death for my death. It's the lamb who is alive and he won't lose me. He said he won't lose me, and he always keeps his word. Preach to yourself. If you want to know, if you're in the Lamb's book of life, every day, say to yourself, only God's Lamb and God's Lamb will get me out of God's Father, we thank you for the Lamb. We pray that you would make us a people who turn away from ourselves, turn away from our deeds, turn away from our good works, turn away from everything in us, and we fix our eyes on the Lamb. We thank you that, Lord, that you didn't call it the Lion's Book of Life, uh, or, or the righteous, holy one's book of life, or, but you called it the Lamb's book of life to remind us again and again, there is a Lamb for me. God, may we trust in Him alone. We pray this in His name. Amen.